Welcome to Highly Questionable. It is rare around here for baseball to take over the show. So we have our basketball expert, Izzy Gutierrez, <laughs> here. We also have Sarah Spain, the That's What She Said podcast. When's the last time anyone celebrated a triumph the way Izzy just did? With the fists <laughs> locked together side to side. That's like the 1940s. Let's get started. Were the Red Sox right to trade Mookie Betts? This is ridiculous. It's embarrassing and it's silly. No matter how much you care about money, there are two things that you need to know. One of them is the point of drafting and paying baseball players is to get someone like Mookie Betts. The greatest advantage the Boston Red Sox have is they never have to behave like a small market team, but now they find themselves in a situation where they have given so much money to failing, flailing power arms, Chris Sale, Evaldi, David Price, that they had to do something a year before. Mookie Betts chose to leave for nothing. And so you now live in a world where the Boston Red Sox have to get rid of a generational player the same way they did Babe Ruth a hundred years ago to keep up with the Los Angeleses of the world so they could fix their salary situation. I just argue, Sarah and Izzy, that John Henry and the Boston Red Sox should never, with that allegiance from its fan base, should never have to do anything because of money. Yeah, I mean, I think you could certainly argue on behalf of they want to get away from paying more in luxury tax or he was going to leave in free agency anyway. But when you're Boston and you make half a billion dollars in revenue a year and you have the team that they have currently, there is no excuse for getting rid of a Mookie Betts, a guy who has gotten MVP votes in every one of his full seasons since he entered MLB. This is a guy that is a one-name player, right? A superstar on the field and off of it who represents exactly what what you look for when you go out and try to make a star. To get rid of him is to say we don't care as much about winning as we care about money despite the fact that we are raking in cash and we just raise ticket prices. And oh, by the way, we just had to fire our manager because we are embroiled in an investigation into whether we were cheating. Give us some good Red Sox, not raise ticket prices and a bunch of scandal. Keep the guy that makes the fans feel good even if you have to pay more money. You have to be thoroughly confused if you're a Red Sox fan with John Henry going the way of spending all this time and then all of a sudden saying, wait a second, luxury tax, now's the time, and this is the player that I'm going to move away from. It's got to be absolutely confusing, especially when you consider they just won a World Series a couple years ago and essentially would be bringing back a very similar team. And I would be, if I was the Boston Red Sox, say, hey, look, the idea is to win championships. We went a long time without winning one. We won a couple cents. Let's try to win one more. And if Mookie goes as a free agent and we get outbid, okay, well, at least we don't look this terrible. We certainly don't look cheap. What I'm curious about, though, is if this is just another signal of eventually, not that it's all going to happen at once, eventually these giant contracts slowing down a bit, if not going away for good, because we saw what last offseason, right? There was suggestions of collusion. We've seen, I know it was wasn't that difficult for Bryce Harper or Manny Machado to get money. But hey, here's a situation where the Red Sox, the Boston Red Sox, are trying to not pay $420 million for a player. Other clubs are probably like, yeah, maybe we shouldn't either. Yeah, but worth noting, by the way, is that he's a guy who is going to enter free agency and one of the few teams that can pay him and would pay him is the Red Sox. So they don't need to say, well, we would have lost him anyway. No, you wouldn't. If you were willing to pony up the money that he deserves based on his war and how he's performed thus far as still a 27-year-old player who could get even better, then you would be in the running. You would be among the few teams in the running to keep him. So that excuse right. doesn't fly when it's clear that this is about saving money and not about winning.
I'm with Izzy on the idea, though, that at some point in the future, there has to be a market correction, and it would end up looking like this, a team unwilling to pay for the last seven declining years on a contract that is 10, 11, or 12 years long. The thing that makes it hard to make that argument is that in the division, pitching once every five days, the Yankees just gave Garrett Cole the kind of money that could have kept Mookie Betts. Or look at someone like Price, who we're now saying his contract is no good for the end of it, but he did exactly what they wanted him to do in the middle of it that got them a title. This is what you need to pay for the beginning years of guys who are technically underpaid, and it might look like sticker shock to us, but based on the amount of money those teams are bringing in, those stars are not, in fact, overpaid. We're six days away from pitchers and catchers, and I would say that the Boston Red Sox manager is slapping his head. How could you trade Mookie Betts? But the Boston Red Sox do not have a manager, so they don't have to worry about that. Is it a failure if the Dodgers don't win the World Series? That's where it looks like we are for the next 10 straight years when you turn the Boston Red Sox into someone that looks cheap to everybody in the audience. The Dodgers are in a position where their team last year was overwhelming good. They got surprised in the playoffs because baseball playoffs promise you nothing. But that team was good enough to win the World Series. That season ended in failure because it did not win the World Series. And that's what they've just bought themselves into as a game. Every single year now is Clayton Kershaw's worst nightmare. It is pressure. All the pressure or bust. But it is every fan's dream in this situation, right? The Dodgers try and try again, and they just fail, of course. And what do they do? They try harder. They get Mookie Betts. They needed a leadoff hitter. They got that. They needed some right-handed power. They got that. But more so than anything, it's just the antithesis of what we were talking about with the Red Sox. This is the team that's going to spend. The man running the operation told Bill Plachke, hey, earlier this offseason said, hey, we're going to spend more. Our team is not going to look what it looks like right now. And so as a fan, it's the exact opposite of the Red Sox situation. Keep going at it. And if they lose, Dan, we always have that excuse. Baseball playoffs, totally random. Yeah, the answer is it will feel like a failure. It might not be a failure because, like you said, Dan, the playoffs are promised to no one. It's is your pitching healthy and, and is your pitching good? It's are your guys hitting? It's are you playing against a team that's cheating, right? There's any number of things that could slow you down in a postseason that would make it not a failure if they don't win at all. But the way they've been so good the last few years and been so close and then to add this kind of talent, yes, of course, they should be considered the favorite. They should win it all, but I wouldn't consider it an actual failure it will just feel like one i would say this though they should be there enough that clayton kershaw might actually before he's done because he's young enough turn into a clutch postseason performer (laughs) because they're gonna be in the playoffs every single year are the rockets clearly better without clint capella Hey, Daryl Morey, who's been hiding under a shrub since that whole China thing, (laughs) came out from hiding and traded Capella. You look at the advanced metrics on this, and everything suggests this team has been better this year. Overwhelming, even, when Capella is off the court. And we know Daryl Morey, he is the most restless general manager in the league. I love that he is not afraid to change when so many leaders get satiated and fear change. This guy is always going to change his team a little bit, and the numbers seem to support what he did here. 
Yeah, they can be good with him and good without him. It's like, is he going to work in the gym at the same time? It can be both. Like, they are 10 and 1 when he's off the court. And then you can also argue that when he's in there, he provides an angle and, and a dimension that they need, especially in the postseason when you need to be able to body someone and get physical and really prove yourself across a full series. But I think if you're the Rockets and you're looking at the team that you created in order to beat the Warriors and now the Warriors are gone and now you need a whole different team to beat the new challenges in front of you, it's best to go all in on your conceit. If you're going to lose either way, go all in on small ball lineups and defensive mismatches and shooting threes instead of trying to keep one foot in the we've got the big man kind of pool. Why not go for it here? I mean, it's, it's that addition by subtraction thing. It's a great player, but maybe not the right player for that scheme. Sarah, great point. You could always do push-ups and sit-ups during commercial breaks. Mm-hmm. Dan, you should, you know, look into that. No, no, um, I do no, think no, no, that, no. I do think that it could be an improvement for them, but strictly in the regular season to me. Because if you fast forward to the playoffs and consider playing potentially Anthony Davis or anybody with a quality big in the Western Conference, you're going to need somebody better than what 35-year-old PJ Tucker at six foot six in there defending him. No offense to PJ Tucker; he's very good at his role, but you're going to need more help than that. And look. Here's what I'll say about Clint Capella. A couple of years ago, you thought they had something special there, right? A budding big man who's going to grow into something, perhaps even be an all-star. And maybe Daryl Morey wants to crawl back into that shrub because the best you could get for him was Robert Covington. Probably not a great haul. You guys know this, no? Whether their center is 6'6", whether Daryl Morey gets a whole bunch of other pieces, as soon as they lose, we're just going to all crawl up in James Harden's beard. It's only right. going to be criticism <laughs> for him. Nobody else is going to get it. Well, if he forgets how to basketball again, he'll probably deserve it. Are you buying that Masai Ujiri would leave the Raptors to run the Knicks? This is a Mark Stein report, and you've got a lot of conjecture out there that basically the Knicks have targeted this guy and that this guy might be restless enough to go to New York. And what I would say to you is this. One of the great consistencies of my sports lifetime, one of the great joys of my sports lifetime has been laughing at the New York Knicks. One of the reasons I've been able to do that so consistently is because they always think they're getting this guy. And for so long, they never get this guy. Or when they do get this guy, it's Phil Jackson. Jackson, who doesn't want to do anything other than fall asleep on buses in New York City. So no, I do not think the New York Knicks are going to get this guy, because I never think the New York Knicks are going to get their guy. It's been a long time since they've gotten anybody worth mattering. They're definitely one of the top five sitcoms in all of sports, the New York Knicks. And this <laughs> is absolutely laughable. Now, I don't know what Masai Ujiri wants. I don't know if this is his dream job, Big Apple, who knows. But in terms of what it does prestige-wise for any executive to go from Toronto, win a championship, and then don't forget this year what they're still doing and him getting plenty of credit for that, to go to the Knicks. Where is the prestige in that? Where's the pride in that? You can build them up to something, but you can build them up from the ground floor where they've been for years. You could have that much success and be thought of as a king. But where is the fun in that? You're not winning anything. Kevin Durant already told you, hey, the Knicks aren't cool anymore. And Brooklyn next year will be the coolest team in the city regardless because Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving will be there. I just don't understand the appeal. It reeks of desperation, obviously, for the Knicks. But their GM is not the problem. Their owner, the fans will tell you, is the problem. 
Well, and that's the point, right? If you think of this as a Theo Epstein going to Boston to get them their title and then going to Chicago to get them their title, and that's what someone wants to do for the Knicks, it only works if the ownership isn't going to stand in your way from helping them achieve the things they want. And until James Dolan is gone, I don't see anybody who could have their pick of jobs in the NBA choosing to go there, understanding the type of power that Dolan wields and how unwieldy he is in his allowance of you making decisions that you think will benefit the team. Listen, Masai Ujiri, if he doesn't want to be in Toronto, which by all accounts he does, he's under contract, they just won their first title, he's doing great things with the team now, even with Kawhi gone, but let's say he did want to leave. If he put it out there, he wanted to be somewhere else. Guess how many teams in the league would be interested that aren't the Knicks? The Knicks don't have anything going for them. I don't know how many times I need to say this to people. No one cares about Madison Square Garden. None of the players want to go there. The owner is difficult to work for, and that is about the nicest way you could say something about James Dolan. Why do we need to keep yelling at Knicks fans and anybody who says this? No one wants to go there. They you're the only one yelling, Sarah. I am. You're right. I'm the only one yelling. You were yelling. yelling. Just, you got very it gets, agitated. It's, it's, I've been saying this for years. Really. Coming up next on my Soul Stevie show. That's a double dribble. It's a double yeah, dribble. Yeah, yeah that's, that's, that's a travel. triple dribble. Yeah, it's a triple. Oh. Yeah. Time to play the game that thinks we should trade Dan for prospects. Do you question? You give us topics and events. I think I would do that too. I think I'd like <laughs> prospects sitting in the seat as long as I can keep the checks. Do you question if we should rethink our opinion of handball? Okay, I don't know the we we speak of here. I feel like Dominique Foxworth was the most aggressive in saying that he would be a handball champion. But let's go back a second. Jake Cutler was with Barstool, and he told them, I could win a gold medal with a couple of athletes just playing handball. And then, let's see if I'm remembering this wrong. I felt like I sat this out. Sarah Spain didn't sit it out. I know Dominique didn't. I've watched that game before, and I feel like... It's not like this is soccer and it's just not a big deal here. I'm sure handball is a big deal somewhere, but no one is an eight-year-old is like, I want to play handball. You know who plays handball? The people who couldn't make it in soccer, couldn't make it in football, wow. couldn't make it in basketball. So I know it's completely disrespectful to all it handballers really out there, really but I don't care. Are gonna be in your oh, yeah, all eight of them are going to be in my mentions. Yeah. Yeah. Jay Cutler would absolutely be <laughs> He would annihilate them. He and, would wipe the floor with and them. And Dom would, too. Okay, I didn't sit it out, evidently. So here's Luka Doncic getting in on the back end here. He's saying, we don't know what we're talking about. He says, no chance. People do not know how hard it is to play handball. And look at that. Look at the three faces he's mocking down there. What do you have here, Sarah, by way of rebuttal? I did, in fact, say that we were all being stupid Americans about it until they showed us the clips of the roster. And then I started having a little bit of fun with it. I spoke to a handball expert. And the best part about it was he was like, I was just with Jay Cutler talking to him about this, but he was with the weightlifter Jay Cutler, not the quarterback Jay Cutler. And then I said, no, the quarterback Jay Cutler. He goes, oh, yeah, he's not nearly fast enough. No chance. So my rebuttal is I do not want hands with the handball community. I think we've massively underestimated their power and also the athleticism of the people who play this. I'm out on this forever. Well, I'm with Dominique in this sense because, you know, growing up, I was a big fan of the Olympics and I've always said, you know what? I guarantee I can win a gold medal in fencing. I've often said that. But I am not going to get on the other side of the handball community, by the way. That phrase right there, the handball community. Not going to get on their bad side, nor will I get on Luka Doncic's bad side. He's tweeting the show. That makes this show cool. We're trying to get away from the handball community, and now somebody's going to slap me off hey, the f- across the face with a fencing glove because now we've got it with the fencing community. <laughs> Do you question whether this moment made up for Zion's poor shooting? 
Do we care about the Milwaukee Bucks overwhelming everyone at all around here? Nope, we care about Zion, his poor shooting, and this. He went 5 for 19 in a loss to the Bucks last night. But, yeah, he Give me that. takes the Woo. ball. Yeah. <laughs> he's strong. Who's the MVP? Everyone he's playing against. Uh, the Bucks are really good, man. When's anyone going to care about the fact that they're crushing everybody? Their point differential is insane. Does that make up for anything, Izzy? When they trade for Zion, that's when people will start paying attention here. Look, after the game, Giannis gave him sort of the most tame of compliments, said, hey, he's going to be a really good player. He's going to help his team for a really long time. Not really saying much. What I would say, Giannis, don't tell him your workout regimen, because if he starts working out the way you work out and has a body anywhere near yours, oh my God, it's over for the league. Yeah, then he might actually be able to do the shooting and the running and the defending instead of just whatever sport we just created, which was pull the ball away from someone else, and that makes up for your shooting. The answer is no, it doesn't. Unfortunately, this isn't even the best way that Zion has done this. He introduced himself to professional basketball this way. It wasn't just, uh, you know, taking the ball away. It was taking the I ball mean, away. Uh, from... Yeah, there it is. That's Nick's He's the best bully right to enter the league since maybe Charles Oakley. <laughs> Give it to Kevin me. Knox hasn't been the same since. <laughs> Do you question if this is appropriate behavior from Gritty? All right, this is the Flyers mascot. He was uh, almost charged with pushing a child. It was a whole thing in Philadelphia. I feel like he is a mascot who we should allow to push children and do things like this. Let's see the evil that he partook in here. Is that Sister Jean? It is. Sister Jean is older than that. <laughs> that's a double dribble. It's a double yeah, dribble. Yeah, yeah that's, that's, a that's a triple dribble. Somebody. Yeah, it's a triple. Oh, yes. no. That, yes! Yes! Oh, How about no. some of that for you, sister? Oh, How about no. some of that at the end? The 100% that is your father in that mascot <laughs> costume, Dan. That is his move. Look at it. Yes! Boom. Yes! <laughs> wow, sister's face was scorched by that. Can we go back and find out what it is about Gritty that makes Dan think that he should be able to push children, Dan? What is the stance here that you're saying? Like, what All of him. About this all mascot? of him. He looks like an evil mascot. He should be doing evil mm. things like running rampage over nuns and pushing children. I'm so glad you don't have any kids. Hey, guys, would you say that Gritty was having none of that? Oh, my God, mm. Sarah. Sarah, wow. good God, woman. Honestly, That's bless you for just listening to terrible, me. Terrible. Just <laughs> terrible. Oof. Yeah, I mean it, it was. It's a bad habit he's getting into. Oh, knock it people. off! Knock, please stop for the love of God! I bet you don't have a fourth one. You don't have a fourth one. You don't you have got a fourth me, Sarah. one. Fourth one's tough. Fourth yeah, one's I mean tough. honestly, she shot it underhand. It was a bit of a prayer from the start. <laughs> Highly questionable. This broadcast from the Clevelander Hotel on beautiful South Beach, Miami. Time to play the game that thinks we should celebrate National Girls and Women in Sports Day all day today. See or no? You tell us what's on television. Wow, that was terrible. That was bad. Tonight at 10, Heat and Clippers. Uh, The Miami Heat are a very good basketball team. A bit of a surprise there. Jimmy Butler's been sort of validated. But let's check in with Kawhi Leonard of the Clippers. His number was retired at San Diego State, and he was asked how he was going to get to the ceremony. Kawhi, following up on that, are you taking the the plane with the rest of the the staff and some of the players? No, I'm not. I'm not. Are you getting down there? I'm a (laughs) one. 
There it is, the comedy tour of Kawhi Leonard coming to a stadium near you. Izzy, are you intrigued? I am so glad his game is entertaining because he is a human being. Is not? Could you imagine the ceremony speech? Uh, hey, 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 uh, thanks for not letting anybody wear my number. Good night, everybody. <laughs> yeah, it's not going to be very loquacious. Sarah, how about you? Are you intrigued? I am very intrigued, and I can't wait till he retires and decides to focus on the jokes and the monologues. We're all going to be blown away by the real Kawhi under there. I'm being told by the producers we have a little extra update on how the journey oh, went. Did you end up walking to San Diego? <laughs> yeah. <I'm> tired. <laughs> <laughs> Even the questions, did you end up walking? That's so uninteresting. Who cares? <laughs> I love it. I love it. Tonight on Fox, Lego Masters. Uh, he said that with a lot of enthusiasm. Lego masters are these people who are good at assembling Legos. Let's see what we have here. This February on Fox, it's the biggest blockbuster competition ever built. So cool. Are you ready for this? From the network that brought you The Masked Singer comes a Lego battle that is unbreaking believable. Wow. You've been chosen because you're the best, and I've been chosen because I'm Batman. Who will become Lego Masters? Uh, wow, Izzy looks intrigued by this. He looks, that's the face of intrigue. So are you intrigued, Izzy? I absolutely am, but it's not so much because of the premise of the show. A, I ask myself, what will Will Arnett not do? But on that same note, I love everything that he does do, so I'm going to watch. I'm here for Will Arnett, but I'm curious. We didn't see Sam Darnold, and I'm pretty sure he's a Lego fireman. So is he going to make an appearance later? He does look like a Lego fireman. That's that's not for dispute. That's all we've got for today. Izzy Gutierrez, you can catch him on your nearby NBA sideline, Sarah Spain. That's what she said is her podcast, also ESPN Radio. Thanks for watching. Dan, you really petered out on that goodbye there. I really did, didn't I? I just, I thought I had it, and I didn't know whether to get out or stop, so instead I just did, thanks for...